Hi, this is Jim from Safety Wars. Before we start the program, I want to make sure everyone understands that we often talk about OSHA and EPA citations, along with some other regulatory actions from other agencies, legal cases, and criminal activity. Everyone is innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Proposed fines are exactly that, and they are often litigated, reduced, or vacated. We use available public records, news accounts, and press releases. We cannot warranty or guarantee the details of any of the stories we share, since we are not directly involved with these stories, at least not most of the time. Enjoy the show. This, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. And from the border of Liberty and Prosperity and the Highway to the North, this is Safety Wars for Friday, June 9th. 2023. How's everybody doing out there? Yes, I'm clean shaven today. Someone mentioned it last night on the uh, uh, last night. I got these emails. Dude, you were not clean shaven. You're supposed to be a respectable news person. Well, what are you going to do? Anyway, it was a long week, and for the first time in a long time, as my mother would say, the uh, we're on five nights. We got on a little bit late tonight. I uh, uh, the project I've been working on ran a little bit overtime tonight. We got a lot of big things going on, uh, so I am selling a boat. Actually, selling two boats that I inherited and uh, a utility trailer. So, hopefully, we'll get them done this week. This weekend, they'll be sold. Got them on Facebook Marketplace. If you're up in the Metro New York area, drop us a line at 4526095772 if you want to find out uh, where you too can have a boat and a utility trailer. Tell you trailer, I'll probably end up donating. But anyway, how is everybody's week here? We're, did we have a nice, safe week? I hope so. A lot of stuff going on today. Now, I, I don't, I don't really want to get into the whole political thing. Everyone's been talking about it all day long, right? So we had a situation here with. President Joe Biden and one of his companies. And the other one was with former President Donald Trump uh, getting indicted and everything else. And, you know, it, it was, uh, I don't know. It, we knew this indictment were, was coming down with both of them, right? Uh, and so what's amazing is that they both had lead, uh, legal issues on the same day. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, so you had, uh, on one side of the aisle, right. You had Trump with the documents and everything else, uh, allegedly classified, not classified and everything else. Then on the other hand, on the other hand, uh, no, one of Biden's situations happened, uh, 
at uh, with the uh, president and one of the, his companies and with his people and everything else. I don't know. It's just crazy out there. No, uh, and sort of like that uh, expression, right? Uh, everyone fiddles around while Rome burns. That's all I'll say on that. We got big problems in this country. Uh, we have big problems in the West. Uh, we can't afford any distractions. We need to keep on going forward with what we're doing. And as I said in my political days, it's all a game of distraction. Keep your eye on, on the ball. Keep your eye on the ball. If you have a bad day, realize that the sun will come out tomorrow. As Judy Garland used to say, people are like, who the heck is Judy Garland? Well, there was a movie called The Wizard of Oz, Somewhere Over the Rainbow, right? You might have heard of that song. But uh, a lot of parents don't even let their kids watch The Wizard of Oz anymore. It's uh, too scary. I remember people, uh, you know, back in the day, it was an event before cable TV. It was an event. Oh, Wizard of Oz is going to be on. And the parents would have a watch party with the kids and scare the hell out of the kids. Some of those things. And get a good look at laugh out of it. The mothers were in the kitchen. Uh, so my mother didn't smoke, but the, her uh, one of her best friends did. So, And she never smoked cigarettes. It was like a mini cigar. Which comes to show, you know, there's a lot of memes out there back in the... Back in the uh, 70s, people who were 45 years old looked like they were 75-year-olds today, like a 75-year-old would today. I wonder if it has to do with all that smoking that went on, the secondhand smoke and everything else. So onward to the OSHA national news releases. There was only one today, uh, released late this afternoon. I think it's a little bit late here that we're uh, reporting on this. I, I'm looking in the blog, in the, uh, on the internet, social media, blogosphere, and everything else. I have, uh, Right now, I'm also looking at, uh, let's go on over to air now. Because I think that this whole smoke thing is over with. Even though they said it could go on until Monday or Tuesday, the Canadian smoke. Airnow.gov. Do we have Doppler radar on the smoke? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I am looking at the local map here. We're green and yellow, which is normal for this kind of year. Any time of year anyway is green and yellow. Green meaning good, and then yellow meaning, ah, you, you know, maybe not so good. And I'm not being funny there. That's Pretty much what it is. Green is good and yellow not so good. And then you get into other things. So we have one pocket of smoke out by Harrisburg. Okay, well, I was wrong on here. Uh, PM 2.5. Let's see what we have. I'm on airnow.gov. The time is now 8.24 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or Eastern Daylight Time, EDT, on Friday, June 9th. So I am zooming out uh, right now in the Northeast area, the Metro New York. Everything's looking good. But for PM 2.5, there's still a big spot up in Canada. 
uh, and in the uh, other side of Ohio, Indiana, Illinois area, Southern Illinois. And I don't know, are they having forest fire issues up in Calgary over there? Because I'm seeing a lot of, a lot of PM 2.5, that's particularly matter 2.5 microns all the way up there. Uh, what I laugh about is I, you know, some of the comments, like I got a call from a client that said, look, Jim, great program the other night on the dust and everything else. You explained it like no others. But what was the deal with the way that you described that? And I said, well, well how did I describe what was so unique about it? She said, well, I don't know. I'm not too many people who, uh, unless you grew up in the 70s, 80s, and early 90s, not too many people would have gotten the reference to, with the uh, you know mirror and the razor blade and everything else. I didn't know what to think. I was confused. I was like, is he really talking about this? Is he talking about something else? Well, you know, what's going on? Blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, there was like confusion. It's pretty funny. So uh, now, big announcement, Right, this is a Safety Wars exclusive. I don't know why I didn't start out with this. Safety Wars exclusive. Where is my music for Safety Wars exclusive? Hold on. Safety Wars exclusive. I will be on Coast to Coast AM with Ian Punnett on Friday, on Saturday morning, one uh, or Saturday night slash Sunday morning. It's going to be 1 a.m. Eastern uh, Standard Time, right? on uh, That's New York time. So uh, we're going to be talking about the East Palestine, Ohio uh, project out there uh, with the, with the uh, train wreck that happened back in February. And right now they've, uh, I'm, I'm, I believe they're going to call it on the emergency response aspect on this if they haven't already and they're going to be going on to on going on to the ongoing site recovery and site i'm sorry site characterization some of the recovery there are a whole bunch of lawsuits out there that we're going to talk about i might be doing a special program this weekend on this i don't know i have the i have loads of data uh to go through they have sample data and everything else uh, and plus, you know, and I, me and Jay Allen were laughing a little bit about this. I got a phone call today that I am writing a Hazwopper health and safety plan for an archaeological dig. So there is a project in the metro New York area where they are uh, digging. Uh, they're doing an archaeological dig because the uh, hazardous waste site, the abandoned, uh, not abandoned, but the hazardous waste site, that has ongoing uh, ongoing uh, remedial activities on it is built on top of a, a Indian settlement or Native American settlement, uh, right? An old one. And uh, they think that there may be something there. And when he mentioned the site, I said, you know what? Uh, first time I ever read about that site was like in the 1970s where they had a, a my father, I, I remember distinctly uh, my father was uh, like, hey, they're doing an archaeological dig at this thing up here and uh, everything else and in this area. And it wasn't this site, but it was in the same neighborhood as that site. And uh, long story short, now 
we're doing another archaeological dig in that area, and I'm slightly involved. When did my father mention that? Back in the 70s, uh, I, I recall, because he was always, he kept up with, uh, no, with that and paid attention to it every couple of years. There was an update of what they found. So it's nice to be, you know, doing that uh, for that. It's just a really unusual one. So, uh, okay. Let's go right to OSHA news here. U.S. Department of Labor urges employers to have a plan to protect work, outdoor workers from hazards associated with poor air quality. All the jobs were shutting down on uh, Wednesday here because we had uh, uh, PM 2.5 readings over like 400. Once you get over 300, you're not really supposed to go outside with some type, uh, right? And they were saying everybody at risk should be wearing a mask. We talked about the, uh, that the other night. Why they said mask and not NIOSH, no, not NIOSH and 95 respirators. However, some news outlets have caught on. I would like to think it's because of this program or some of the programs to this have caught on that NIOSH respirators will protect you more than a mask. Right. But the thing is, if you're having respiratory issues and that we, right, uh, chances are you're not going to be able to wear a respirator if you have respiratory issues, you have asthma or some other thing you need. That's why you need a medical evaluation. And that is why during COVID employers are handing out masks and not respirators. I know a lot of cases because once you end up having to hand someone an N95, a NIOSH rated respirator, what do you need to do? Even if it's on a voluntary basis, you have to make sure the person is trained, medically capable of wearing it and uh you know i'm not gonna beat a dead horse with uh no uh my story on on that whole thing at my mother-in-law's funeral but anyway it's uh okay i'll i'll say it all right guy put on a mask at my mother-in-law's funeral one of the pallbearers and he dropped the coffin okay that happened but anyway so OSHA has a comprehensive website with safety tips and resources to help employers and workers reduce the exposure to smoke during wildfires. At the same time, the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health offers resources for outdoor workers exposed to wildfire smoke. My question is this. What's the trend we're looking at here? What is the trend? The trend that I'm looking at here, and the question has to manage, that we have to mention now, is... If you're going to be exceeding a air quality index, right? We had mentioned uh, 300 with the index. It's just an index. Plus, the uh, government says don't go outside. And if you're 0 to 50, you're fine on that index. And 51 to 100, you're fine, and then it goes on and on. It doesn't matter what the numbers are. Now that people are a little bit educated, my question is this. How does, right, since the government, does, uh, OSHA, does only writes citations specifically on OSHA PELs or, in some cases, the lowest, uh, the lowest, uh, Expo published exposure limit on things. And I no, we won't go into that. It's a little bit of a deep dive I don't want to go into right now. With the National Ambient Air Quality Standards, 
if you're an outdoor worker, well, they, what do you do? So, uh, in other words, if you have an air quality alert, are you now going to shut down your construction site for an air quality alert because you're over 300 or, or you're approaching 300 or 200? Is the employer going to be held responsible if they force you to work outside with unhealthy air, quote-unquote unhealthy air, especially if you have a, a condition or you develop a condition, you're, right, and now you can't work outside. So for review, National Ambient Air Quality Standards covers uh, a couple of things, right? PM 2.5, then it covers carbon monoxide, that's CO, carbon monoxide, sulfur oxides, right, SOX, nitrogen oxide, and ozone, five things. Right, and also lead is one, another knack, but they're only able to monitor in real time with five things. That means instantaneous. Then you plug those into a formula and you come up with the AQI index. All right, and my question is this. Now that people are informed, are they going to be like, well, look, we have an air quality alert day in the summer. We can't work outside. What's going to happen? This Hey, the genie is out of the bottle now. If my eight-year-old daughter is asking questions about the air quality index, perhaps other people will, right? Uh, so, uh, I don't know. That's a question for us. So, protect the measures to reduce smoke exposure, according to OSHA, right? Relocate or rescheduling work tasks in smoke-free areas, reducing levels of physical activity, especially strenuous and heavy work, requiring and encouraging workers to take break in smoke-free places when possible. When possible, make accommodations for employees to work inside with proper HVAC systems and providing or allowing the use of NIOSH-approved. Again, they're not saying masks. OSHA is a NIOSH-approved respirators for voluntary use when not otherwise required. When allowing respirators for voluntary work, for voluntary use, employers must provide employees with uh, the advisory information in Appendix D of uh, OSHA's Respiratory Protection Standard. Here we have... uh, So right now it is 65 p.m. to 5, right? And it has other things here, right? 65 on that. And now my daughter, right? It's funny when she gets up for school this morning. Hey, mom, what's the air quality index? Not what's the weather. Hey, what's the air quality index? Pretty cute. Biden and Harris, this is from the EPA day. Biden and Harris administration announces nearly $7.2 million for cleanup and assessment at polluted brownfield sites in New Hampshire. EPA announces the largest investment ever in brownfields communities made by President Biden's Investing in America agenda. So when they passed that, uh, when they passed all uh, that, uh, uh, the last bill here for the spending, it covered a lot, didn't it? Right. right. Today, the US EPA announced $7.128 million from President's investing from President Biden's investing in American agenda to expedite the assessment and cleanup of brownfield sites in New Hampshire. 
New Hampshire has environmental issues? Yeah, apparently so. EPA selected eight companies, uh, I'm sorry, eight communities in New Hampshire to receive eight grants totaling $7.1 million in competitive EPA Brownsfield's funding through the Multipurpose Assessment Revolving Loan Fund and Cleanup Grant Programs. Thanks to the historic boost in the bipartisan infrastructure law. A lot of what goes into that law, didn't it? This is the largest ever funding awarded in the history of EPA's Roundfields Mark Grant programs. The investments are part of President Biden's investing in America agenda to grow the economy from the bottom up and middle out. From rebuilding our nation's infrastructure to driving over $470 billion in private sector manufacturing and clean energy investments in the U.S. To create a manufacturing and innovation boom powered by good-paying jobs and, tax- and taxes. Okay, I added and taxes. That don't require a four-year degree to build a clean energy economy that will combat climate change and make our communities more resilient. So, let, let me, so I could get my head around this, Joe. Right? You've been, the society has been pushing and the government has been pushing four-year degrees all my life since 1970. Let's talk about a brief history here, okay? You had in the 60s a thing called the Vietnam War, and you had the Vietnam War draft, which stopped, I believe, if memory serves me right, 1973, all right? Oh, and I'm going to give you a warning now, right? This is a Jim Pozel rant. Yes. Okay. So since 1973, there has not been a draft. But what did the government do in 1970 and 71, 69? You had a huge demand for universities. So they built a boatload of universities in the late 60s. All right? Okay, now we got that straight, right? So you had the largest population of people ever born in the United States, largest segment, the baby boomers, right? Baby boomers had the smallest generation of kids the gen xers right not too many of us right compared relative but because there was a huge demand for colleges in the late 60s early 1970s they built colleges like where i went to then it was stockton state college now it's richard stockton college of new jersey and what ended up happening was they built all these colleges And still, the baby boomers are out there going to college for a while until 1988, the fall of 1988, basically. Or actually, it started a little bit before then, like fall of 1983. Then you had Gen Xers starting to go into college. Not as many of us. Then, uh, when and whether you agree with it or not, 1993, you had lower birth rates starting in the early 1970s. You had lower birth rates. So when 1993 came around, 
Guess what happened? Anyone, any guess? Come on. You didn't have enough kids to fill the colleges that you had in the 1970s that you built. And then you had all these for-profit universities, everything else. My, uh, my lovely sister-in-law uh, has a lot of has, you know comments on this, right? With uh, for-profit institutions. And there are problems with that, with them. But anyway, they go in, all right, and not enough kids. So what do they do? 1993, there's a big crisis. I graduated in 92, where we have all these enrollments falling off. So what do they end up doing? Son of a gun, we got to get more people into college. So that's when they started with continuing education the expansion of that. That's when it really started to get pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. So they've been encouraging everything. Now let's circle around back. They've been pushing four-year degrees since at least the Vietnam War era, right? Because of the draft. And then a real big push in 1993, Pushing four-year degrees, four-year degrees, four-year degrees. In New Jersey, they had, and it's not only New Jersey, other states have it, they had the workforce development stuff. And they pushed all these folks into all these jobs, and then all of a sudden they flooded the market and everything else, blah, blah, blah. Right? They flooded, and the no, supply and demand, too many people, going for too many, too few jobs, jobs, Wages fall. So now we have the president and Congress. The Republicans went along and signed off on this too. Let's not uh, leave them out of this. $470 billion. And it are going to create a manufacturing and innovation boom. Quote, right? To create a manufacturing and innovation boom powered by good-paying jobs that don't require a four-year degree, to building a clean energy economy that will combat climate change and make our communities more resilient. So now, right, and I, I believe there's too many people with four-year degrees, but, you know, whatever. So now, what do you do with everybody who was told to go to college, their jobs aren't there, and they've been screwed because now they have all this debt and everything. Now you're going to put people that better paying jobs, in a lot of cases, better than a four-year degree pays. And now they discombobulated this whole thing. And this is what happens with government subsidies and non-organic things. I'm not against government investments, but this is what happens when you start dicking around with this stuff. Oh, yeah, I said it. Okay, good. When you start messing around with this stuff, you get bad results with the government managing this stuff over and over and over again. Yeah, do they have to manage things? Yeah, yeah, some things they got to manage. It's in everyone's interest, right? And we have the whole uh, general welfare clause of the Constitution. I get all of that. But anyone, you know, when's enough enough with this? EPA announces $52 million in a WIFRA, WIFIA loan to Pittsburgh Water and Sewer Authority. Water infrastructure progress, 
projects slated to create 500 jobs in Pittsburgh when combined with other funding sources. The WAFIA program has supported more than $30 billion for America's water infrastructure. Well, that's good. Water infrastructure is very important. That's one of the things that the government should be doing here. And it's really important to your safety that you have safe drinking water. Ask the people in Mississippi and in Michigan. Right? When uh, combined, right? So what is it? Uh, Water Infrastructure Finance and Innovation at WAFIA. Here in Pittsburgh, decades-old water infrastructure threatens drinking water that is essentially essential to healthy residents and thriving communities, said EPA Assistant Administrator for Water, Radhika Fox. EPA's $52 million WAFIA loan, loan alongside an investment from the state revolving fund will support critical infrastructure upgrades to help the city achieve long-term water resilience. And guess what? Water resilience means safety. Under President Biden's Investing in America agenda, you're hearing that again, uh, EPA, uh, and that was all from the infrastructure uh, funding we just talked about, under the Bipartisan Infrastructure Law, to support the, S- the SRFs and water grant programs. Okay, great. Okay, good, good, good. Oh, I'm rip, I'm rip-roaring here, right? EPA to host virtual community meetings for Temple Terrace residents. This is in Temple, Temple Terrace, Florida. On Tuesday, June 13th, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency will host virtual community meetings to share information about two actions to address a chemical ethylene oxide released from a commercial release from commercial sterilizers, including American contract system located in Temple Terrace. So, okay, check out the EPA website if you're from Florida. Sometimes, uh, Sometimes, uh, no, EPA Region 4, where is it? It doesn't give a town here. But anyway, if you know Temple Terrace, Florida, yes, Florida. So uh, check out the EPA website. You may just want to sit in on this anyway uh, with this. Find out what's going on. Um, EPA announces winners of the Pollution Prevention Works, a storytelling challenge for uh, students. Today, the U.S. EPA announced the winners of the Pollution Prevention Works, a storytelling challenge for uh, students. Uh, So uh, the winning stories include essays, infographics, videos, a mock newspaper article, and highlight uh, and a mock newspaper article and highlight how pollution prevention programs, uh, P2, Practices that were implemented at businesses benefited communities, the environment, and the businesses themselves. Uh, more than 50 high school and college students from across the nation submitted stories for uh, consideration. To be honest with you, now I'm a little bit offended here. We don't have to be making up stories for how pollution prevention practices uh, benefits communities and you know everything else. There's a lot of documented stuff out there. There's a lot of, no, they call it a storytelling job. That's like fiction. There's a lot of very important ways that, uh, right? You don't have to make things up. It's always a good thing. Pollution prevention is a great thing, right? And as you know, that T-shirt says, recycle, 
reuse, renew, and rethink. It is exciting to accelerate these students that will help shape our future with their stories. Now, this is worth uh, this is worth uh, mention here with these uh, children here. Uh, anyone local here? You know, one uh, person I believe is a female, Aaron Harkawa from uh, Wachung, uh, New Jersey. Uh, Texas, Maine. I'm going to mention Baldwin School in New York. Uh, so here we have Sharia Dagalu. They've won 5000 bucks. Stuyvesant High School in New York, creating a video that focuses on the Ravenswood Generating Station in Long Island City, uh, New York. I've been there. Uh, the video details efforts to reduce toxic chemical emissions at the facility and improve the health of 1.2 million people who live within three miles of the plant, including many low-income and minority residents. Annalise Herswada, Herswad, Francisco Sorrell, uh, Jasmine Tian smith Samaya Lindo-Smell, and Jordan Fiera. Again, this I'm going to post this. Uh, from Baldwin School, New York, created a... A mock newscast that highlights P2 practices implemented at the Ravensburg, uh, again, uh, the Ravensburg uh, generating station in Long Island City, New York. I guess they had it in there, both people here. Noah Arbuncle, Lincoln Academy, Maine, created a video that features the semiconductor manufacturing company, Global Foundries, and the P2 activities implemented at its facility in Essex Junction, Vermont. The video describes uh, uh, activities to reduce, uh, uh, to reduce releases of chemicals on the TRI list, including uh, toxic, toxic release inventory lists, including ethylene, glycol, fluorine, hydrochloric acid, and ammonia, resulting in reduced impacts on the environment, especially on local waterways. Atisha Singhappen uh, from Michael E. DeBakey High School for Health Professions, Texas created a video that illustrates P2 practices implemented at the Darnank Milk Manufacturing Facility in Fort Worth, Texas. The video explains how Danone reduced its nitric acid releases, uh, benefiting local communities. So, uh, nitric acid in all likelihood is being used to clean something there. But with this one, I mean, from the Baldwin City, New York people, uh, mock newspaper reporter interviews students playing a host of characters, including local residents and a science uh, about how P2 improvements positively impacted the public and environmental health. I said, I tell you what, 5,000 bucks. We had three people uh, won second place for 2,500 bucks. Uh, Angela Zahn for Logan High School, Utah. Kevin Zhang for North Carolina School of Science and Math. Tahmina Amu, and then third place from Fairfield University in Connecticut, and then in third place for fifteen hundred bucks. Uh, they don't mention what the process. Uh, I'll mention them all, right? Najira Trevidia from West High School, California. Kala Shush from Natrona County High School, Wyoming. Aditi uh, Adelpa Adapala, Lindbrook High School in California. Joseph Vartash from Samulet Samali. Academy in California, Miranda Moreno, Jesus Moreno, Stephanie Duran Rios, Vanessa Martinez, and Carolina Naranjo 
from Gary High School in California. I already mentioned Ren Harkawat from Washington Hills Regional School in New Jersey. Charlotte Walton from Lloyd C. Bird High School, Virginia. Aaron Sood and from Georgetown University. Diane Frola from Christopher Newport University. Fatou Mabey. Maybe I shouldn't have mentioned all of them. I think it's great that these kids are doing this. Phenomenal uh, with this. And they have links to other projects and how pollution works and everything else. They got the videos. I mean, this is a great thing. I'm just going to share this on my social media page. Really good thing with this. Getting people involved. That's what I try to do with my daughter and my son. I'm much more successful with my daughter, though. Okay, some other stuff going on here. Now, uh, we're probably going to do a program tomorrow because we started late and I'm rambling on and on here. So, uh, Boris Johnson, right? The former prime minister of Britain. All right, I'll let me get the story up here. I had a whole stack of stuff, but I want to get this out to the Safety FM people here. So Boris Johnson resigned today from Parliament, right? They're working a... Uh, parliamentary system in uh, Britain there, right? And what and what happens is they elect someone from the interior, as I understand it, from the uh, system, from parliament, to become, right, with the uh, majority party in there, to become prime minister and everything else. So this is from AP News. Former UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson shocked Britain on Friday by quitting as a lawmaker after being told that uh, he will be sanctioned for misleading parliament. He departed with ferocious tirade at his political opponents and his successor, Rishi Sunak, that could blast open tensions within the governing conservative party. Johnson resigned after receiving the results of an investigation by lawmakers into misleading statements made to parliament about Partygate, a series of rule-breaking government parties during the COVID-19 pandemic. In a lengthy resignation statement, uh, Johnson accused opponents of trying to drive him out and hinted that his roller coaster political career might not be over uh, yet. Now, how does this relate to... Uh, they're like, okay, well, what, 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 no, what is this here, Jim? All right, so... Let me go on with this rant here. All right, and again, you're going to get another rant. During the uh, pandemic restrictions in this country, maybe you were working once you got back to work in a working environment where only some of the people complied with any of this any of this stuff. It doesn't matter whether it's masks or social distancing and everything else. But then they you know they went out and they told the safety professionals, right? All the safety professionals that they had to go out there, get out there, and enforce whatever. Is that a unique situation? If you are, uh, 
And safety? Let me ask you that. Is that a unique situation? In my experience, no, because it happens all the time. You're out on a job, doesn't matter whether it's construction, general industry, or maritime, and what happens? The boss comes out, right? The boss comes out with uh, without a hard hat on, without safety glasses on, without PPE on, without following a procedure. I've had people go in to a confined space, a permit-required confined space or nothing because they're the boss. And now the workers have to do it, and now you look like a, a not-so-nice person because you're telling the worker to do X, Y, and Z. Boss isn't doing X, Y, and Z. The boss isn't really a safety leader, for lack of a better word. Now, here we have a situation over with government officials in Great Britain that apparently, allegedly, again, they're innocent till proven guilty doing the same thing. And then what happens? Well, you're not saying that to so-and-so, and you're saying it to us, blah, 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 blah. It's an issue. My, I tell you what, I think we lost so much credibility as an industry during the COVID-19 stuff because of this, of because of, as the Romanians call it, rohat like this, where what's good for the goose is good for the gander, and, you know, there are people that are more equal than others. Everyone's equal, but there are people more equal than others. This is, uh, this is a problem ongoing. And if it happens in your workplace, how do you manage it? Isn't that a good, isn't that a question? How do you manage it in your workplace? Because I tell you what, it ain't easy. What I've come to the conclusion was everything's got to be in writing. And you got to coach the management. You got to get the management on board. You got to get the C-suite on board. Because they're the ones who, right, that uh, enforce that. And usually the managers that do that are also in charge of your pay. So you get into a very awkward position telling the person who's in charge of your pay to do something. It ain't a good situation is my point. So I will be seeing everybody uh, probably this weekend. I'll try to pop on for a broadcast. We'll see what happens. For Safety Wars, this is Jim Polzel. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.